Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is episode 21. I'm Russell and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, you, Dad. You all right? I am, yes. Good. Are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's been an all right week, you know. I feel like I've not been able to say that in a while. I feel like I've had a few, like, meh weeks since we've come off the genres. But, no, it's been been a pleasant week. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Okay, so let's talk some music then. So last week you had to listen to, or I gave you to listen to, Dire Straits, Mm -hmm. U2. Yeah. Modern English, mm. psychedelic furs, and yeah. electronic. Yes, I did. I only yeah. recognised you two out of them lot, didn't I? Yeah. Well, you'd heard of, I think you said Dire Straits or New Orleans. No. No? No, no, no. No? Oh, right. Okay. So, first of all, then, what was the best song of each of those groups? If you had a best song. I did. So it was Walk of Life from Dire Straits. I still haven't found what I'm looking for by U2. Hands Across the Sea for Modern English. Love My Way. Is it Psychedelic? Psychedelic Furs, furs, yeah. Yeah. And Getting Away With It for Electronic. Uh Okay. So how many number ones? I'm going to say two. But I think only you two got any number ones, if any. Well, for the first week, I think for a while, you've guessed right. In fact, you might, did you get it right last week? I can't remember now. Oh, yeah, yeah I did, because there was none. Yeah. So, yeah, two number ones. Oh. However, only one in the 80s. Oh, okay. But you did listen to two, so I'll give you that. But, yeah. Right, okay. Now, there was a group you listened to that, I've bought forward. Right. They actually were from 1989 and then into the 90s. Oh, really? Oh, so that would be my 90s one, probably. Yeah. But I I bought them forward because they didn't even fit in here. But they only had one song from the 80s. And I say it was 1989. And there's a reason why I put them in here, which I will come to when I speak about them. But just... um, just so you know. I'm trying to work out who that is because you're saying they don't fit. And I'm like, who doesn't fit? Wow. Oh. I don't know who that could be. Like, I don't think any of them like are really obviously not fitting in. Wow. Ah, okay. And you had one group that had no chart entries. So how have I had them? Oh, is it in a different now, country? No. You're wasting my time. <laughs> We're meant to be doing <laughs> hits. Come to it. And they did have hits. But not in the charts. So, let's move on. Let's talk music and let's talk Dire Straits first then. Okay. So what did you think of Dire Straits? So first listening, I weren't really sure on these. I was a bit like, mm, the songs are quite long. And I don't know whether, because obviously... When it goes in the charts, I mean, I don't think they're going to be putting in like six minute songs. So I don't know if uh, Spotify have like extended versions or whatever. I don't know. But it doesn't say extended version. It's just the first one that comes up that I tend to click on. But yeah, these ones were long. And 
I felt so because they were long I felt like I was listening to them for ages although I did have quite a few songs from them but I just felt like I was listening to them for most of my week I couldn't get away from them but they're they're very chill so that I think that's why I weren't so sure on them to begin with and I feel like their songs like they're not exactly singing or if that is their type of singing but I feel like their songs are a lot about the lyrics so it's like they've got like a deeper message but I I didn't look into it because like just going off some of their names like Romeo and Juliet, Twisting by the Pool, there's like there's something like it's about something rather than just singing because I'm singing oh you got a few odd ones though like private investigations no 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 what is that that's not okay and there was another one that was a bit like private investigations but I can't remember which one it was but yeah that not a fan like it I was like kind of waiting for the singing and every now and then there would be a little bit of singing and then they'd disappear again like it was nice if that's the type of music that you want to listen to but I'm not really a full instrumental and it was just very chilled out going I like love borderline classical. no you don't yeah Sultan's a swing yeah so far away what a song that is money for nothing Walk of Life, as you said, and your latest trick, they are some good songs there. I wouldn't put you down as a Dire Straits fan. Yeah, at all. got their album, Bob's in Arms. No, nah, wouldn't put you down. Wouldn't put you down as that at all. That's yeah. really shocked me. Yeah. No. I mean, that's my kind of rock band. That, that you know, is that what like, they are? Are we that, back well, rock? well, I was just about to ask you, what do you think they are? Probably well, just so, give it away. But what did what would you have said? I wrote are? down a bit of country. I want to say, really? and then and then later on, I wrote jazz rock. Yeah, well, they're they're influenced by jazz. They're they're right, classes of blues that. rock, blues rock, jazz okay. influenced. So yeah, but they just seem a bit country. But that was like right at the beginning. That was right at the beginning. The further on I listened, the more I got a bit of a jazz vibe. And Twisting by the Pool is very jazz vibe, like even watching the video. But that's the thing. Their videos, they're very like story based, which is why I think there is like a message in there. Like they're singing about something in the songs because their videos are literally them doing whatever they're talking about in the video. What would you say their worst song was? Oh, Private Investigations. Right. I thought you might say that. So obviously we're talking about 1980s here and I'm trying to influence you into 1980s. Yeah. Dire Straits never had a number one. That's right. Okay. So you're obviously right about that. You said about you too. They had two number twos. Don't know Private Investigations. Private Investigations was one of those number That's twos. That's ridiculous. Why are you listening to something so that doesn't go. have like any content? Because that's what people liked and we'll, we're talking about something that happened 40 odd years ago. Well, it would have been 40 years ago. Yeah, I just under 40 years ago. But there's no You're content. You're shocked now, aren't you? There's, yeah, there's just no content. Oh, it was number two. Like the ones like Twisting by the Pool and Walk of Life and Money for Nothing, that's a good one. You know, like the ones that give you a bit of something, that's what people need to be into. But I guess like that's like my opinion. Like I like more of the songs that put me in a good mood and I can sing along to, whereas other people would like to just sit and listen to sound and have a feeling from that, but it's not for me. But I'm just, I'm like, if there's no 
lyrics like even rocker can get down with because they've got lyrics but no lyrics can't do so i'm very shocked well they were number two and number three was save a prayer by duran duran oh but they've beaten duran duran <laughs> what year was that 1982 so it would have been maybe like early days for Duran so, Duran. Yeah, it was September 1982. No, 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 Duran Duran were no? 19. We've already had Duran Duran. They were oh, like no, they're early. Yeah, 80, 82. 80, 80, 80. So um, 1982, Private Investigation was number two. Number one, yeah, we haven't right. we haven't touched on Survivor yet, but number one was, I mean, I'll give it away if you remember when we get to, when we do discuss them, but Eye of the Tiger. Oh, um, to be honest, if I was to listen to that, that would be one where I'd be like, well, that's number one, obviously. And you're also talking to me, I'll probably forget. But I still don't get Eye of the Tiger, though. That's a weird one, too. Yeah, that's from the Rocky film. Yeah, and that would have pushed it, but still. But, yeah, uh, The Jam were number five. ABC, number six, who we haven't touched on yet. So there was Come On Eileen was number nine oh. at the time. So they were, they, I mean, okay, Come and Eileen was um, on its way down. It was number three the year, week before, and obviously yeah. it was its number ones before then. But we're not talking that it got to number two with some rubbish songs around it either. But it's not a good song. So no, they, I bet the were like is. crying. <laughs> well, they were on the way down, so they'd probably already been number one or further up. See, that's why, that, see, look who it's surrounded. Yeah, they're good songs, but it's coming as a new song. Not uh, like they've not all come in as well. No, no, save a prayer peaked at number two, so it only got to number two itself. So, um, private investigations knocked save a prayer off of number two. People actually bought it, that's all I ever think. A lot of people, a lot, yeah. So, there you go. So, it's just to give you, uh, uh, you know, we don't normally go into the charts of the actual, you know. Um, what the rest of the around it, but it just gives you an idea when you're saying that that was their worst song, and actually it was their one, what is their joint best song? That number two. I just think that's man. I just think, but like I say, it is an opinion. So if people enjoy yeah. listening to just sound, I mean, do you like that song? Because you say you like. I can't Australia. remember what I. I'll have to listen to it because I. I don't remember. I don't recall it. I mean, it is before. I suppose eighty two is still probably just a bit quite early for me. You. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as much as I'm an 80s music person, it was more from the mid 80s, I suppose, when I was yeah. in my teenage years. That was a, just a bit earlier. I'd have been, what, 10 or nine stroke 10. So mm. um, it was a bit late, a bit, probably a couple of years, a bit early for me. Um, so I don't remember it. Um, but then, obviously, as I say, I have listened to them since. I mean, I know Sultans of Swing, Romeo and Juliet, so I don't just don't recall it, even though it got to number two. You've blocked it out. That's why. Oh, it's Scarja. It <laughs> it's literally just, it's like, like, it doesn't even fit in with the rest of the tone of all the other songs. Like, it proper threw me, because it's, mm. like, more classical in a way. Well, like, clearly thrown yeah. you now with it saying it's number two. But anyway... Yeah. So, Dire Straits were Mark Knopfler. He was on the vocals and also guitar. Mm. Uh, John Ilsey was bass, guitar and backing vocals. Pick Withers on drums. He was on drums till 1982. And then he was taken over by Terry Williams. Alan Clark on keyboards. Hal Lindez on guitar. 
They both joined in 1980 after David Knopfler, Mark Knopfler's brother, who was on guitar and keyboards, left. So David Knopfler left. He was guitar and keyboards and he was replaced by two people, one on the guitar and one on the keyboard. Oh, right. OK. Because I suppose that's the music, you know, I suppose at the beginning they were restricted to what what they what they could the sort do. of music no well, i suppose the sort of music so mark mark Knopfler was obviously a guitar player you had the bass guitarist so he was probably more keyboards and guitar if you get what oh, i mean right yeah um, yeah like he kind of had one or the and other that, like they, you've seen before yeah i suppose now you have many two guitarists a, key, a bass yeah player. so as they grew add levels he, to the sound yeah but he'd left by the time that happened and then right. um Guy Fletcher joined in 84. He was keyboard stroke guitar. And Jack Sonny also joined. He joined in 85 and he was guitar. So they had a lot of guitar players. Mm. So they were formed. Oh, where, where do you think they're from? Oh, no idea, you know. No? I'm going to say somewhere in England. Oh, you're I going don't English? Think they're Not going to matter. Overseas. No, no, I don't think they're overseas. Okay. They were formed in 1977 in Deptford, London. Okay. As I said, they were a blues rock band, but heavily yeah. influenced by jazz. They had three albums in the 80s, Ooh. six in total, and they had four top ten hits. Four. Four. Do you know what? I even spoke to someone at work, because there's a few women at work that are similar age to you, and they found out that I'm doing this, so they ask me how it's going. They like to know who I'm listening to, and we, they give me, like, little... So, like their own what they think of them so yeah, I was going it's good to have other people's yeah. views so I was telling her and it was like the first day so I couldn't I hadn't fully got in my head who I was listening to so I only managed to be like Dire Straits, U2 and Electronic they're the three that were stuck in my head and she was like oh no I can't do Dire Straits oh no they're not good and I was like oh right okay and obviously I'd listened to them in the morning but I try, like, I go in with an open mind and I wait until I really get into it, especially if there's quite a few songs, because I know that the more songs there are, they can kind of change. They can be different. They can be, a, like, a variety of songs as well. So I weren't, I didn't have too much of a opinion about them yet. I was just like, right, okay, well, I've listened to them this morning. Oh, okay, they've not stuck out to me, but we'll see how they go. But, yeah, all she can say was, oh, no, don't like them. So they weren't for everyone. No. Well... They were seen as the oh, biggest good. rock band in Britain. Why? During Why the are we 80s. back on rock, by the way? Thought we were done with that. Uh, well, because U2's rock. I really so, didn't think U2 was rock, you know, but we'll get no, to well, that. We'll come to but... them in a minute. So their 85-86 world tour included Live Aid, and they also broke the record in Australia for the most tickets sold on an Australian-New Zealand leg of the tour, selling 950,000 tickets. And we're talking like 85, 86. It's only just been beaten by Ed Sheeran. Of course it was Ed. Of course. And he sold over a million tickets. But we're that's talking 85, 86, mm. Australia, stroke New Zealand. Yeah, we're yeah. talking 85, 86, and they sold just under a million, 950,000. Mm. And, and it's just held that beaten. record mm. until, I think it was 2018. But the uh, many 20. people go over there. I don't think we, you ever see Australia, New Zealand on tours. 
well, travel back then would have been very limited, as in it was yeah. expensive. Whereas for Ed Sheeran, probably people would have travelled over there. So actually, they're, they're, them and holding that record this long and being beaten by someone by like Ed Sheeran, who's obviously mega at the moment, I think that just shows you how big they were because they, they, the most of those fans would have just been from Australia and New Zealand. Mm. There would have been others from, you know, probably Asia, which probably the cost of travel to Australia wouldn't have been. But and I don't know what whether Asia was on their world tour anyway. But yeah. the thing I'm trying to get across is they sold 950,000 tickets in 1985-86 and it's only just been beaten in Were they really that big? Yes. They were but they're not really aid. known. Like, I don't know. I've never heard of them before. And I'm like, so they couldn't have been like that big. They've not made an impact on life to carry on. Okay, so... They were inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018, and they are one of the best-selling music artists of all time, having sold an estimated 100 million records worldwide. Okay. I mean, they obviously were good back then. They have won three Brit Awards, with two of them for Best British Group. Oh. One in 1980 and the other one in 1986. They also won Album of the Year with Brothers in Arms, which was their other Brit award. Um, they won four Grammy Awards, which is the equivalent in America, mm-hmm. including Best Performance for Money for Nothing. And the other three were all for the Brothers in Arms album. So that, as I said, that is a massive album. Mm, like quite a few of their hits that you've given me from that album. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, it was a massive album. The uh, the band split in 1995 following the release of a Live at the BBC album and oh, their yeah. final tour, which was in 1992, there was evidently, mis- uh, they were miserable. There was tension, strains, and obviously yeah. at the end of it, that's when they uh, started to. So that, that was, so they had their last tour in 1992 and they still went another three years before they actually decided no this probably is, wouldn't have done much in those three years though would they as i say they, they had a a live album um and they had another album in 93 um called on the night they had a live so they had a a live at the bbc album which was their yeah. last album yeah and yeah. then they had the final tour the final tour was in 1992 okay? yeah so it, if i change the timelines around their final tour was in 1992 relationships during that they were miserable it was strained there was tensions yeah however they didn't split until 1995 yeah following a live bbc album right however okay. After the tour, in which that was the end, they released a live album on the back of that. So obviously from footage. So of the like tour. off the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm that was you. released in 1993. Right. That album got to number five or got into the top five. I don't know if it was actually number five. It could have been number four. But it got right. into the top five, which was a rare achievement at the time for a live album. People I was didn't gonna say, go buy yeah. albums. Because it would have been music you already, because obviously the the music would have already been, it's not a new album or new music. No. And most of the fans would have probably been at the tour anyway. So not normally live albums weren't a big thing back in the 80s that you went out and bought an album of a tour. But they released it in 1993, as I say, it was called On The Night and it got to number five, or it got in the top five. So it could have been number four, number three, 
But yeah, got in the top five. Mm. Still a bit weird. Well, must have been a good tour. So yeah, well, it was a, a sell Well, no, that, yeah, this is another tour after the 85, 86 one, which was a, a sellout. So they were bigger than I thought then. Uh, yeah, much bigger than obviously you gave them credit for. It's just weird. I just find it odd when they're like really big. So I've, I've, I've just looked on the it. night, it got to number four. So there you go, oh, okay. number four. Yeah, but it's weird that a live album has got that high. Yeah. Because I wouldn't ever buy one. It annoys me hearing the screaming people when a light when a They'll live probably song comes some up. of it out, but uh, yeah. Nah, I mean, doubt it. It is different. Because you also have people singing with them and yeah. all, all the, the music arrangement and that. Yeah, so uh, it is different. And as I say, yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, hats off to them, I guess. That was your dire straits then. Okay. You don't sound, you didn't sound in. in um... I'm really shocked that you like them more than anything. That's where I'm shocked. Like, I did not think that this would be your music at all. Just, just I mean, I've got their Brothers in Arms album, which was as. It's probably one of the of the eighties. Probably it would be one definitely in the top ten best albums made in the eighties. I would say. Okay. And as I you mean, said, all the songs. there was a lot of the songs from there. So you think? Yeah. Well, not, I mean, definitely the later one. So probably from yeah. so far away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Walk of Life. I think that was on there. Your latest trick. I'm not sure if that was on. No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the same so, album cover. Yeah, blue with a uh, guitar. Yeah, 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 but yeah, no, good album. To be fair, the songs that I liked of Dire Straits were all from that album. So, Bar Twisting by the Pool. Uh-huh. I like that one. That was nearly my favourite, you know. Yeah. Yeah, until I heard Walk of Life. It's a good one. It is. Like, go on, then. What's their number number two? What's their other um, number two? It is Walk of Life. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that one. But Private Investigations is just baffling. Uh, well, I'll keep you baffled as we move on. We go to you too. You're not telling me where the rest came. No. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get your. Yeah. yeah. That's um, what I was so, like. Go on then. Tell me their number, number two. Yeah. You can tell me the so rest. 19, 1979, but I gave you it because I, I thought it was a good oh, okay. song, Sultans of Swing. And mm. that was number eight. Right. And then you had Romeo and Juliet from 1981, also number eight. Okay. 1981 again we skate away number 37 right okay 1982 private investigations as i've already told you number two mm, i still don't get it <laughs> 83 twisting by the pool number 14 all right okay 1985 so far away number 20 all right people would probably say that is their their biggest song but i think it's best known because of its video and it was all it was played a lot on MTV. Video. It was played right. a lot on MTV. Oh, you really need to watch the video, yeah. So 1985, Money for Nothing, number four. <sighs> Why are they so high? Why are they so big? 1985, Brothers in Arms, number 16. 1986, Walk of Life, number two. And 1986, Your Latest Trick, number 26. So the four top tens of the 80s, not including Sultans of Swing, was Romeo and Juliet, Private Investigations, Money for Nothing and Walk mm. of Life. They're not bad ones. It's just Private Investigations I can't go for. I just think that's just plain weird. 
just plain weird. And you can't even remember it, so you don't even know what on about on. No, but listen to it, and you'll be like, mm, yeah, no, I don't get it. And if you like it, then I'm shocked. Okay. Right now, we will move on to YouTube. Yes. So obviously, I've heard of these, yeah, yeah. but. I didn't like, I can't, I don't know what I thought they sounded like. I don't know what I had in my head. But I guess when you sent me the music and I saw with or without you, I was like, right, okay. So that's that's it. Because I could then remember that song. So I just assumed they were all like that. And I thought they were a bit more upbeat and a bit more, I don't know. But they're quite chill, quite rocky. So I guess you've said that they're rock already. I didn't think they, I didn't think they were. They are. They well. They they're classed as an alternative rock band, pop rock. Okay. Pop rock is also what they're classed as. But alternative rock band, pop rock band, whatever you wanna. But they are rock. Okay. All right. So me writing down then, I want to say they do a lot like a lot of ballads. I'm kind of right then. Ballads kind of come under rock, don't they? Yeah, but they're not known for ballads like the ballads you listened to earlier with, with yeah. others. Like um, Foreigner and Meatloaf. Yeah, but mm, well, I wouldn't say they're the same as that, but like I feel like the way that they sing the song is like that, on that ballad spectrum. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't... I don't know, I don't know what I'd... I mean, they're big. They're big. I mean, I just said Dire Straits were big. Hang on. I've just read it. So I was going to say these are from um, England. These are the ones, the other ones from Ireland, aren't they? And they are. Yeah. Same as the Boomtown yeah, Rats. Yeah, I remember you talking about them because Boomtown Rats were like really yes. big until you 2 came along in Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Or Dublin. Yeah. yeah. So I just said that um, Dire Straits were big, selling 100 million records worldwide yeah. or units because it could be singles it could right, be albums yeah. um just to put that into context now that that's classed as big you two are estimated between 150 to 170 so even if you take middle of the road 160 is million that overall because yeah, worldwide no but i mean like that's all together throughout their whole yeah, yeah that's career. units sold yeah, yeah. Units sold, singles, albums, 160 million. That is still Yeah, a lot. but what you've got to think about is when there's a big gap, like big difference, they're still going, aren't they? You too, yeah. Whereas Dire Straits aren't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending no, no, them. No. I'm not defending them because I think in, that, in the same period of time... No, no, no. And I, more, no, but... I get what you're saying. What I'm trying to put into context is everyone knows how big you two are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I'm talking dire straight to have not, not, oh, they've, they've, yeah, you're comparing and they dire still, to you. So, what I'm saying is, I mean, I'm showing you one how big, obviously, I'm showing you, yes, how big you two are 160 million, but dire straights to just put into context, they sold 100 million units as well. Oh, yeah, in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. So, Compare it puts into that context yeah, how yeah. big yeah. the two are, because I mean, you two are known everywhere. Yeah. I don't know how big Dire Street. I mean, the good thing with you too, I mean, it's like anyone. You make it in America, you're going to be big. Mm. Which is why the, the heavy metal bands seem to have done well, because in America, you've got that 
such a big range and mm. there's they're obviously you know that, that thing you know like country music they go from country music to heavy metal music in that big country where there's the genres can live in whereas i suppose the genres over here it's whatever's going in that, that you literally go in decades in a sense uh, yeah as we've touched yeah. on before but yeah no i'm just putting into context one how big you yeah. two are but also showing you how big actually dire straits were when you look at it in against you two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't look at it that way round when you first said it. I was like, yeah, but they've been there for longer, so of course they're going to have more. But no, when you look at it that way round, and yeah, I'm with you. Um, what's if you say there isn't? I mean, like a bit disappointed. There's got to be a story behind their name. Now, why are they called you two? So there's no what what so. Just so you know, then, so you two are Paul Hewson, otherwise known as Bono. Do you know what, right? So when I click on it, when I'm watching it on my TV, it doesn't show the album art. It just shows a picture of the band, and it's usually like an updated picture. It's like the most recent picture that they've put on Spotify to go with their whatnot. And I recognise one of them, and now you said Bono, it's Bono. But in then the videos... I don't recognise anyone, but they're a lot younger, aren't they? So it's a bit like the, who was it I didn't recognise? Geldof, Bob Geldof. Yeah, didn't recognise yeah. him either. So Paul Hewson, we'll obviously call him Bono. That's what he goes by now. Um, he's a vocalist, guitarist, a bit like Mark Knopfler, but he also plays a harmonica, which I didn't know. Oh, that's different. I don't know what, what single, what he played the harmonica on to then have that. But yeah, uh, David Evans, also known as The Edge which is what he now goes by. Okay. He's a guitar stroke keyboard player. So much the same as Mark Knopfler's brother was for Dire Straits before he Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam Clayton, he's the bass guitarist. And Lurry Mullen is the drummer. Now, there was a Dick Evans, David Evans, the Edge's brother. He was guitar. He left in 1978. And Ian McCormick, guitar, he left in 1976. Um, both of those left before any album was released so they're probably now oh, okay. looking I mean obviously one of them's Kicking a brother themselves. but they're probably thinking how big have they become and I didn't see it you know mm. so the four that you've said the four that are there they're, they're basically from the beginning to and they're still going now yeah yeah they were formed in 1976 at the Mount Temple School in Dublin Ireland yeah following Larry Mullen posting a note on the school notice board Oh, anyone want to create a band with me? So yeah, so the drummer was the create was the actual person who um, led well, the creation. Up the idea, yeah. They were first called Feedback between seventy six and seventy seven. Right. Then the Hype between right. seventy seven and seventy eight, and then Dick Evans, the Edge's brother, who was older, was now attending college. Mm. He left. And soon after that, they changed their name to U2. So there's no actual story behind it. So no story behind it that I could find. They were That's a bit disappointing. alternative rock band. And they were influenced by The Jam, right. The Clash, and The Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols come up a lot, you know. Well, I've now included them. I wasn't going to. But are they 80s? They, they got a song or two they're not they weren't they were they were 70s but but, um i have now included them because they did have a hit and it's only right i suppose i do include them and 
spoiler alert, you've got them next week. Okay, I think I can deal with the Sex Pistols. But why are you putting rock all on me again? Like, we've been here, we've done that. I've got the pain in my ears mm. from it. I mean, this weren't a bad week. Like, it didn't really sound rocky, to be honest. Yeah. So it weren't... Like, I knew that you... T- like you two sounded rocky but for some reason I didn't think that they were down as rock like mm-hmm. when I thought about them but and like considering like you two they're very just playable like they're still like radio I think and sing along so I can deal with them like I quite enjoyed quite a few of their songs and like I say there's the ballad type ones that have a hint in so it makes a difference well, you say that, but they are actively addressing political issues. No, they're like, not. So, not not necessarily in their songs, although oh, there right, is a few okay. songs I'll go into. But as themselves, they are actively addressing political issues like poverty, disease, social injustice. They participated in Band Aid. They performed at Live Aid in aid of the famine in Ethiopia. They had a song called Miss Sarajevo. Um, which was around the Bosnian War or the Balkan Wars, whatever you want to say, which was inspired by the events in Bosnia. Mm. Um, proceeds from the Sweetest Thing single, which was a bit later on, so you didn't have it. Yeah. They went towards supporting the Chernobyl Children's Project. They also participated in the Stop Sellafield concert for Greenpeace against nuclear fuel against the nuclear fuel processing plant. So yeah, also and did their a song, lot. which. Now, I gave you a song called Sunday, A Bloody Sunday to listen to. Yeah. Right. It actually wasn't released in the UK, or if it was, it didn't chart. It was from 1983. However, it did get to number three in the Netherlands and number seven in the US. And it's around, it's about the troubles in Northern Ireland of Derry in 1972, known as Bloody Sunday. And when British troops killed unarmed protesters. Ah. So now I don't know why it wasn't released here or why it didn't do well. It's on their greatest hits and things like that. I didn't I didn't even realise it was never released here. I've always thought it was when you name U2 songs, that's probably one that people remember. It's you know a good ah. song. But um, maybe they didn't yeah. release it here because it's against because the of, British. Yeah. But um it got to number seven in the US and its actually biggest chart was number three in the Netherlands. Oh wow! I like that so, song. Yeah, though. that is exactly, and that's what I'm saying. That was a political song. Uh, I wouldn't have, but I guess I weren't really listening to the lyrics. Like I weren't focusing on yeah. the lyrics. I was just like, "Oh, this is a nice song. Yeah, I like this." Start singing along to it. No idea what I'm singing, but uh. so um, they're among the best-selling music artists in history, having sold an estimated 150, 170 million records worldwide, as I just said. They have won 22 Grammy Awards, more than any other band. No. But obviously they've had a long a I was going to say, that's a long lifetime, them. isn't yeah. it? So. And they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2005. Okay, I feel like it's really easy to get in this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I feel like every rock and roll like rock band is in there. Like... If you want to get into some sort of Hall of Fame, become a rock band and you'll be in there within a few, like about 10 years. Sorted. <laughs> I don't think there's really been one rock band that you've not said. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think there were some that missed out. I think they were not, there were some that we've said were nominated but didn't get in. I think it was actually Depeche Mode got in above them and I think there was a couple that lost out on that, that year. 
They have had six albums in the 80s and 14 in total. Mm. Are they still releasing new music or are they just playing that, that old music? Um, their last single was in 2017. Okay, because I did watch a video. Um... Okay. They have had 10 top 10s in the 80s and they had one number one. Oh, that's going to be, well, oh, oh, I don't know what that could be. I was going to say it's going to be With or Without You, and then my eyes saw Pride. But is With or Without You from a film? That's why I first went to With or Without You, because it's like, oh, I feel I like it's from it's a film. Huh. But I don't know what film. Like, I could be making that up, but I feel like oh it's in sort of, like, some sort of romantic, rummy, I don't know, like a 90s romantic film or something so with or without you and i still haven't found what i'm looking for yeah were there only a number ones in the us oh okay but they only got one with us in the 80s they have had seven number ones in total oh three of which were between 2004 and 2005 oh so they got more number ones over here than they did in the US. Yeah, they've only got to, had two, which is what I just said, with or without you. And, I'm with you um, now. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Good songs, though. Even though they are big in the US, still only, and it just shows you how hard it is to do there. So between 2004 and 2005, they had number one with Vertigo. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. Take me to the clouds above. No idea what any of those are. They also had one, two, three number twos as well. But then, so, like yeah. you say, they were big, weren't they? And I did write down, were these big, like really big? Because for me to know them, and like, I do recognise quite a few of their songs. So. Mm. Oh. They, yeah, they're, they're big. They're, they're probably, as far as a group go, up there with the likes of Michael Jackson, Madonna you know the Beatles I mean the Beatles are obviously you know the the, the top I suppose they've got their own just tier. internationally so yeah but U2 is in that next tier probably and I'd say they're bigger than Queen because as I said Queen lost some loss although I suppose now with Freddie Mercury's death a lot of fans have you know but but they did lose a lot in America with their that, that video when they were dressed in dragon yeah but that's it, just because America's well. weird isn't it like but America's yeah. just not okay with up uh, with recent events and how life goes it's just stuck in one era and that's it but anyway um so but do you, I take it you like you too yeah I think everyone does okay Joshua's Tree or whatever. I can't remember what it was called now but the, their album yeah Right. It was um and it was it, that's another owl classic album so like the brothers from, um yeah yeah the, the joshua tree right. um that was the classic album of theirs in the 80s right, okay all right so but you know when you say like the big four and i've listened to two of them Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet. Yeah. Why weren't you like so? If you two were like really big, and I suppose because they, they weren't seen they... as an eight. Because in the eighties, they, I mean, they were there, but they didn't really get big until I suppose the ninth. I mean, obviously they were they were big, so in Live Aid and things like that. But they 
they didn't have, I suppose, because they weren't a poppy band. You've got to remember the genre during the 80s, the main thing was pop or, you know, synth pop, electronic pop, you know, the genre didn't really, rock was big. But they were still big. Yeah, yeah, but mainly because of America. Okay, that's true. And there is a big Irish contingent in America. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, yes, they've had a lot of number ones here, but they only had one number one in the 80s. Yeah, okay, so in the 80s they were kind of... they got bigger in the 90s and as i say they had three number ones between just 2004 Mm. 2005 so in that year and they had a few number twos as well that's what i'm saying they were that's when they were really preparing 2000 they they were big and they're not even songs that i'd even class as their best oh really okay so all right that that makes sense going on then so 1981 fire number 35 Oh, okay. So I didn't come in strong. 1983, New Year's Day, number 10. Oh, that's a big difference. 1983, Two Hearts Beat as One, number 18. Mm-hmm. 1984, Pride in the Name of Love, number three. Oh, that would have been the other one that I would be like, because, oh, wait, we've got two number ones. We've not said number one yet, but one of them's out of the 80s, isn't it? So I reckon one is coming from you two, and the mm-hmm. other one will come somewhere else. 1985, The Unforgettable Fire, number six. Right. 1987, With or Without You, which obviously, as I said, got to number one across the pond. Yeah. And it got to number four on this side of the Atlantic. Oh, that's... I'm... I'm quite surprised, you know. Still top five. Yeah, yeah, but I'm shocked. 1987, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. So the other one that was number one, isn't it, in America? Yeah. Uh, Got to number six over here. You're joking. No. So you can see when they were big in America, it was the late 80s, because that's when their two songs got to, and they were literally both released in one after each other. Mm. 1988, Desire, number one. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. That's a good song. I'll take that. As you were going, though, I was like, oh, maybe they're not going to have the number one. What's going on here? No, I've already said they had one number one in the 80s. So you know they got one. Oh, yeah. 1988, Angel of Harlem, number nine. 1989, When Love Comes to Town, which I like, number six. Okay, they are quite high, aren't they? They have got their top tens. Yeah, they had ten top tens. Did, did, were you listening earlier? Yes, I was, but I'm bloody <laughs> blooming forgetful. Uh, 1989, All I Want Is You, number four. All right. And then you've got two that were outside the 80s. Oh, so are they gonna? There's me like they're not gonna have the other the second number one. 1991, The Fly, number mm. one. Oh, okay. Oh, is that one not? Didn't want a fan of that one, you know. Didn't like it on the playlist. 1991, Mysterious Ways, number 13. But they've had loads of songs since then. The Sweetest Sings. 
Beautiful Day, you know, they, they, they're classic U2 songs as well. Do you know, when you said Beautiful Day then, it played in my head, whether it's playing the right song, I don't know, but we're not going to have me singing. We've been there, done that. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do the singing. That that was in my head. <laughs> so um, that is you too. Ah. Well, yeah, I like them. Like I say, like, I, I don't know what I thought you two were meant to be, but I weren't expecting rock. But I think it's also because I'm in denial that I'm never going to get any more rock. Yeah. You're throwing it at me. So Beautiful Day did get to number one. Sweetest Thing only got to number three, which is number song I like it. It's okay. Looked. okay. And they were 90s. They were, they might have been 2000s. Uh, 1998, Sweetest Thing, 2000, Beautiful Day. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But they're still going. Now, but so. still, still big. Okay. Moving on to modern English. Yeah, these. They've got long intros. Straight up, the first song, I was like, great. Fabulous. Not what I want. But as I was like listening to it, they've got that rock. So like by the time I got to these, I was like, right, okay, are we having a rock week? There's some sort of rock in all of these that I've noticed so far. But these, I feel like they've got a bit of an electronic feel to them as well. Like they felt a bit futuristic for their time. So, I mean, you reveal it in a minute, but I feel like there's some, there's something, okay? Um, but I also think it's because they sound a bit robotic in their singing. Okay. Well, they're not a synth pop group. Okay. Their class, they were originally a punk group but they later went a bit more upbeat as a pop act. So they're seen as a post-punk new wave band. Right. So that that could explain, because all of the songs you sent me, part, apart from Hands Across the Sea, are a bit more on the rocky side, more on the bit that I don't really like. Hands Across the Sea comes about, and they're very up my street. So you know what that means, upbeat and just a bit more giving you something, giving you that bit more pop. Maybe I do really like a bit of a pop, but I don't listen to pop nowadays. I don't know. But We're going to influence the, all, you and change you. That's what's coming. That's yeah, what the into 80s, 80s were. Pop. And the yeah. 80s pop, we haven't even got into it yet. Yeah, but it, the 80s pop you could influence me and get me to listen to. But, I mean, like nowadays, I wouldn't listen to the pop that's around now. I don't. I don't think my majority of music comes from pop that are in the charts now. That's what I mean. Um, but yeah, if all their songs were like Hands Across the Sea, they would have been fantastic. But what on earth is Gathering Dust in like chapter 12? They are, no. Like, Smiles and Laughter was okay. So it was like Life in the Glad House, you know, that's not bad. But they're just, I don't know, like they're lyrical and they have got that content, but they're just not catchy enough I think I'd have to be like in a certain mood listening to certain songs of theirs they're not a can put on and play all their all their hits because they're quite like I say hands across the sea is very different to the others so yeah okay so modern English are Robbie Gray on vocals Mm. Gary McDowell on guitar and vocals Mm. Richard Brown on drums 
Michael Conroy on bass and backing vocals, and Stephen Walker on keyboards. They were formed in 1979 as the Lepers, right. but changed their name to Modern English when Mick Conroy and Stephen Walker joined the group. So you had the three that ah. formed, they were the Lepers. The other two joined and they changed their name, become Modern English. Something that doesn't relate to their old name at all, like they're two completely yeah. different names. <laughs> as I said, they were originally a punk group band, but later an upbeat pop act. Yeah. I don't know whether that was with the change of name and the new people coming in. I just I feel like that's from Hands Across the Sea. That's just from Hands no. Across the Sea. That That's later as in they were releasing stuff. Hands Across the Sea came out. Yeah. That did really well and off they popped with upbeat poppy stuff. That's what I think. So, yeah. so as I said, formed in 1979 with the original three and they were from Colchester. Okay. In Essex. Um, they had four albums in the 80s, eight in total. And they had three top 20 hits in the indie chart singles. However, oh. they had no chart success in the commercial world. Ah, it's just hit me. You said this last week, didn't you, that you've got one from I the indie. Why didn't I remember that? Like, as you were just saying, like, in the indie chart singles, I was like, Dad said something about indie charts last week. Now I know, like, why didn't I remember that? I need to start Sorry. writing notes. So as I said, um, New Order, they had they've got a lot of hits from the indie charts, even though they become commercial Mm -hmm. and big. Um, and the indie charts was for those that wanted to stay on independent labels. Yeah, didn't want to be commercial label. You haven't got the budgets to get into all the high street shops to get your sales. Mm -hmm. So you don't normally so they had indie charts as well. Yeah. Running alongside the normal charts. Sometimes the indie charts, people would listen to it, and go, "Oh, actually, I like that," and, go and then and that's where they get some, yeah, yeah. But it never happened, obviously, for modern English. I'm um, not surprised. So, yeah, they were actually influenced by Joy Division, who were oh. the New Order, and they appeared on John Peel's Radio One John Peel show. John Peel, who was a pioneer for new upcoming bands, stroke singers. So he he always pioneered. The new bands, yeah. you know, bringing more bands in rather than having there. Because as I said, in the eighties, there was a big, big load yeah. of bands, and your your chart was totally different. You, as Every I just week. said, you had rock, you had ska, yeah. you had pop, you, had, you know, different kinds of rock, different kinds of pop, synth mm. pop, sophisticated pop, you know, alternative rock, rock bands, heavy metal, that you know, you had everything. Yeah. Um, but he got on his radio show. He just played up-and-coming groups yeah i like that that's quite different so yeah he actually compared them to duran duran and simple minds and they signed up to 4ad an independent label on the back of it i'm sorry how are these like duran durans they were compared to duran duran but one they're not even the same genre two now they just don't even sound the same in any way. Well, shape the new or form. wave, the new wave was a big job. Was yeah, but was that a... was like later on. You said like gathering dust, like the first ones I had. That no, yeah. like I'm saying, like if they changed how they were for hands across the sea, that really works. Yeah, but the others, no, mm-hmm. they're not. So anything like them. They split in 1987, but they later reformed right. in 1989 with Robbie Cray and Mick Conroy, plus mm. Aaron Davidson, so another member, um, before yeah. splitting again in 1991. Robbie yeah. Cray has since toured the US with a new lineup, 
so still calling it modern English, just himself from the original with a new lineup. And they'd done that between 1998 and 2002, even releasing a new album co-written with the oh. guitarist Stephen Walker, not to be confused with the original Stephen Walker. So this Stephen <sighs> Walker was spelt with a V. The original was PH. This, right, one's, okay. a, this one's um, a guitarist. The original was a keyboardist. So don't right. confuse the two. But yeah, right. they were both so he really, So he like basically left the old group behind, kept the name. Well, they uh, like, luckily there was no one, no uproar. But and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there were, luckily there was like no uproar. Well, none of the others because he's released new music. I'm pretty sure if he, they wanted to be a part of it, he probably wanted them to, but they didn't want to. I don't, I don't yeah. know the ins and outs. I'm just presuming, you know, but yeah. Mm. There was no, yeah, um, no falling out like we've seen with others. Would the original lot get money for him releasing? No, they the wouldn't music? be on the credits. They, they are would under be on, that name as well. They would be on the Wyatt credits. Oh, right, so. okay, right, okay. Um, also, with these, it was really hard to find videos for them. Well, because so they're, not, they're, not, the they're not mainstream. That now makes sense. Yeah, but in 2019, there's a live video. Right, I'll come to. So it. he must still about. Yeah. So in 2010, the original members of modern english lineup reformed apart from the drummer richard brown oh and they toured the u.s right from july to september and they also toured the uk and paris in 2011 and released a new album in 2016 that still don't explain 2019 well so I, they must still be doing they, bits they maybe well I'm just going by what I've researched. I don't know so, where yeah. they were. I mean, 2019 would have been the start of the pandemic. So they might, it no, must, must have just happened just before. 2020, 2019. Well, it depends when it was. Yeah. yeah 20, I mean, if, it, if, they might, if they were in a tour. Mm, if it was like the end of 2019, 2019 yeah, it might have been. It could have. Uh, yeah, yeah it would have got tour. But yeah. But they released an album in 2016. So that's only, that's not, that's only a couple of years. So yeah, that's before. true. So in the US... I Melt With You reached number seven on the US rock singles chart. Oh, so they kind of made it, even though they were like indie charts over here, they kind of yeah. made something over yeah. there, didn't they? But not only that, they also made, now it sounds a high number, number 78, but it was on the Billboard 100, which is... That, a, yeah, that's a big think, thing in America. Exactly. And you've got to think of the the vast amount of sales mm. over there because of the country to get even on to even into 99 or 100 is a big, you know, would be a big thing. So they got to number 78. Wow. Bear in mind, they weren't a big band, you know, um, as well as number 60 on the US dance chart with I Melt With You. Ah. Isn't that mad? So the album After the Snow reached number 70 in the US, selling over 500,000, so half a million copies. Oh. In the US? In the UK. Yeah, that was in the US. In the UK, two albums, Mesh and Lace and Ricochet Day, made the top five of the indie albums, with After the Snow, which was their big one in the US, making number 13. Okay, so yeah, they considering they're an indie chart, yes. and they've not really gone much further than that. They've still done quite well for themselves, I think. Yeah. Like getting into the Billboard charts, getting into the rock charts, the dance charts, doing a bit with their album, 
Hats and off, you yeah. actually listened to one song mm. that wasn't released or certainly didn't make the charts or the indie charts. There's no point talking charts with this group. No. They did it. They didn't make the charts. So why have However, I because it was still a big song and it was a good song and it made number 43 in the US rock, their second biggest hit in the US. Oh, okay. So a song that didn't make it over here was a big success over in America after I met with you. Right. Also, it's after. I don't know. There's only two after I met with you and I really want it to be Hands Across the Sea, but because it's like directly after, I reckon it's going to be Chapter 12 and I did not feel much of that song. So 1980, Gathering Dust, got to number 36 in the indie chart. Right, okay. I feel like you're going to have to... Are you doing their highest chart in? I'm going through them all. No, but I mean, like, are you going to say... Yeah, all the indie indie chart. chart, All indie charts. Yeah. So these are indie chart. They they weren't coming. I just wondered whether you were going to do, like, their highest topping on any chart that they made it in, you know, like, saying that I'm out with you over there was there. I've just touched on the US. They only had two single... They only had two hits in the US. Right. So I met with you, number seven, in the US rock, although it did make the top 100 billboard. And... Another one that made number 43 in the US. Rock. Right, I thought you were going okay. to tell me then. <laughs> no. Smile, 81, Smiles and Laughter, number 16. 1982, Life in the Glad House, number 26. 1982, I Melt With You, number 18. So okay. I Melt With You was uh, their big hit in the US, reaching, as I say, on the US rock chart, number seven, but did make the Billboard 100. Mm. It was only their second biggest hit over here on the indie chart after Smiles and Laughter. Ooh. Although it is the song that most people associate with them. Oh, really? Well, I guess because it w- went yeah. over in America, that's the one that's yeah. probably been played most somehow. 1984, Chapter 12, number 15. Yeah. And 1984, Hands Across the Sea, was not released or didn't chart over here, but was their second biggest hit in America. I'm glad it's that one. But it's weird. So So I wonder, I bet it's like just as competitive in the indie chart as it is in the like normal mainstream chart. Yeah, I don't don't think they exist. You're fighting again. No, I don't think they do. And if they do, I don't. but I suppose now because you've it's all downloads and that it'd be it hard to have an matter. indie chart, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, I mean you have like new release album um, like playlists on Spotify that they do, um, so you do get the new releases, you do get like upcoming people, but I guess it's like more word of mouth and you have to find them accidentally. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because I bet like the indie charts because you've got people that are up and coming and some don't want to be big big some are trying to get big big so i bet it is quite competitive because you're still trying to get those sales but you've not got the same promotion so i bet it's quite difficult so to do that well and then to get themselves over to america is really good i'm shocked that hands across the sea weren't anything i mean it was in america but and that's why I put it, that's why I gave you it. One, because it was their second biggest hit in America, and two, because it is a, if it was a rubbish song, I wouldn't have probably put it on there. But yeah, I think it's a, mm. a good song as well. Which is well, it's my favourite. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. That was your favourite, yeah. Really like that song. Okay. I think I listened to that. I think I got that song stuck in my head at one point. And I listened to it a couple of times. Okay. Moving on then. Yes. Psychedelic First. Yes. So firstly, what a name, what a name, like what a, like, yeah. that's, I, I don't even know, that's more what's the 
story behind that than you two. But we have seen that people well, come up I've with got, names. I've got written here that um, they went for a few names. Right. They were originally known as RKO. Right. They then were known as Radio. Right. And then the Europeans. Okay. Before sticking with the psychedelic furs. And they chose psychedelic to separate the band from punk rockers. What? Hang on. What does psychedelic mean then? Am no, I being stupid? I'd have to look it up. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, what? How is that separating so them from punk made rockers? Me look stupid now. I, don't, I, I, can't, I can't answer that question. But they That's chose psychedelic said. to separate the band from punk rockers. Oh, it's relating so. to or denoting drugs. That produce hallucinations and apparent expansion of consciousness. I still, still don't get why that would separate you, but there we go. Yeah, that's but... what I'm now thinking. I'm like, how does that then separate yeah. them from punk rock? Because surely, I don't know. But anyway. Maybe, maybe if someone knows, they can let us know on Twitter. Yeah, let us know. At Dead Educates and let us know. Yeah, yeah I need to know. Hmm. But um, the, oh, are these the ones that don't fit in? Because these are very catchy. Like, give me more of these. Maybe I should look into these a bit more. Like, these, oh my goodness, every song. I'm like, yes, they're catchy, singing. I, I really liked these. I really like these. Like, there, there weren't loads to listen to, but I did listen to these twice. Like, a bit like Hands Across the Sea. Got these in my head. Like, Hands Across the Sea could be the same as these, but it's not. But no, really enjoyed these. It was like, it was a toss up of picking my favourite because I went with Love My Way, but it could have been Pretty in Pink. Yeah, I like it. And they got nice instruments in the background. Like that sounds nice. And these people, these are like the most 80s looking people I've seen. It's like 80s threw up on them. They're what you'd expect to see. Like if you're watching an 80s film, that's what I picture the 80s people to look like you know their bit of leather their the way the hair is like literally that if I yeah that's what I would picture and I think this probably probably they were the start of that I mean they were big in the, the film Pretty in Pink that they sang obviously the tune ah, however they okay, brought their single right. out they brought their single out before the film the film was inspired by John, so John Hughes heard their song and was inspired to then go and write a film. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know until I looked it up. That's yeah. quite cool, though, isn't it? So the the song that they wrote, Pretty in Pink, was from 1981. The film wasn't released until 1986, or at least the the song was released again in '86. Oh, okay. From the film, so yes. And that's not pushed it in any way because we've not well, got any number ones, so. No. Uh, f- uh, just because you're in film, though, doesn't mean to say View to a Kill didn't get to number one. That's Duran Duran. No, that's true. That's true. For, okay. um, for James Wonkin. Same with Living Daylights of a Heart. So psychedelic furs are Richard Butler on vocals, his brother Tim Butler on bass, Mars Williams on the saxophone, Ooh. Vince Eli on drums, Roger Morris on guitar, but he left in 82 and was replaced by John Ashton. Duncan Kilburn was the original saxophonist. He left, though, in 82 and was replaced by Mars. 
And Paul Wilson was the original drummer, but he left in 1978. Vince Eli, who then took over, he left in 1983 and was replaced on drums by Paul Garisto until 1988 when Vince returned. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you know what? It might be the saxophone. You know, I said I like their little background, like their instrumental. It might be that the yeah, saxophone yeah. noise. It gives that bit different. Yeah. So where, where are you saying they're from? Oh, no idea. No idea. Uh, yeah. America. Formed in 1977 in Kingston upon Thames, England. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, and they're an alternative rock post-punk new wave band. So I really would have put these down as rocking. Punk rockers, they're an alternative rock punk post post punk new wave band. So that's a mouthful. They didn't, them. they didn't actually achieve what they wanted no. to do. But um, I think me listening to them with fresh ears, I wouldn't say they're like that's why I'm like these are the ones that don't fit in because they're not as rocky as the rest that I've listened to. Yeah, I've said that hands across the sea could like they sound very similar, but basing it on all the other songs these are the least rocky band along with electronic as well to be honest but these aren't rocky at all like so in my head they got away from it so the original version of pretty and pink was on their 1981 album mm. talk 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 and was actually the inspiration for john hughes's pretty and pink film yeah with the song being re-recorded for the platinum selling album soundtrack album and became the first biggest charting and selling hit in both the us and the uk oh. so on the back of a film that was made on the back, the back of, of their of song originally <laughs> they then got a hit from the song <laughs> that's mad so yeah can you imagine a song like really inspiring you to write a film yeah how much did he get from this song that's only a three-minute well, thing. At least it was still used in the... It was still used yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. It would have been a bit of a Mickey take. If so, um, and obviously, and as I say, it was on a platinum-selling album, which um, was obviously the soundtrack album. Yeah. Because it was a big a big hit, Pretty in Pink. was one of the big hits with um, St Elmo's Fire, The Breakfast Club, back in oh, the okay. early 80s. Yeah. That, that was not the early, but the mid when those, those type of films. And John Hughes is obviously one of the, the big... Directors anyway, obviously. Oh, is he? Cool Runnings. Um, oh, uh, really? Behind, um, John Hughes was behind John Candy, in a sense. He was Why, is he in Pretty in Pink as well? Or No, John Candy's not in Pretty in Pink. Right, okay. John Hughes he's was... in a, the other, other films that he's but, done. But he was a big director of 80s films. Now you said them, of. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. I don't know if he did Home Alone, actually. I don't know if that was John Hughes. I don't know. I, do you know, when people talk about directors, I have no idea. People say directors' no. names, I'm like, I don't oh, know. I'm and that's really horrible is. because Steven I think... Steven Spielberg, obviously, and yeah. John Hughes are probably the two that I knew and grew up with. Yeah. The band eventually split in 1992 after seven albums, of which six were in the 80s. Um, and they had one top ten hit. Oh, I wonder if that would be pretty in pink. No, because you're going to do it before it's re-released, aren't you? So, yeah. So the Bullers, the, sorry, the Butlers, <laughs> they formed a group, Love Split Love, and they were in that between 92 and 2000. 
So that's after they split up with these. So yeah, after they split. So they split in 1992 with right. Psychedelic First. Yeah, yeah. And then Richard and Tim Butler then formed a group called Love Split Love between 92 and 2000. And then that split up. Um, the other two members actually are Richard Fortas and Frank Ferrer. They went and joined Guns N' Roses. Oh. So yeah, so they went on to Guns N' Roses, whereas the two Butlers reformed Psychedelic Furs in 2000. Oh, so and they released other... a new album in 2020. So I'm guessing Their they got eighth... other band members when they reformed. I don't know whether it was with the original group or not. But um, oh, okay. they reformed Psychedelic Furs in 2000 after Love Split Love split up. And they even released a new album in 2020, which became their eighth. Oh, wow. And that got to number 13 in the chart. That's last year. Yeah. So they're like, that's weird. Yeah. Like that's last year when they got in the album charts. How does it work? There you go. Um, the, the Strokes Grammy Award winning album, The New Abnormal in 2020, features the song Eternal Summer, which quotes the furs, the ghost in you, for which the two butlers, Butler and Butler, mm. Richard and Tim, received songwriting credits on the album for. Oh. The same song of theirs, The Ghost in You, was featured in Netflix series Stranger Things second series. Oh, okay. So they're really going about now, aren't they? Yeah. Like they've split up, done their own bits and come back. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of them. But I've never watched Stranger yeah. Things either. So. so 1981, Pretty in Pink, number 43. Okay. Where did it, did, have you got their re-release chart in? Or have you I said have that? When it comes up. Oh, no. I'm sorry. 1984, Heaven, number 29. Okay. 1982, Love My Way, number 42. There's a reason I put it in and there's a reason I put it here. Which I will go on to in the next band. So you wouldn't have listened to it. It was outside the 40s, but it is a good song. Oh, it was and my favourite. It was actually in 1982, but I put it behind heaven in 1984. So you listened to it last as you went into electronic. Okay. Um, the re-release version of Pretty in Pink was in 86, obviously to coincide with the film. And it got to number 18. Oh, okay. But originally got to number 43. Again, yeah, like, it would have bit... been in the top 40. Nah. So like your favourite, Love My Way, was not yeah. a top 40. But because of the film, so luckily John Hughes had heard the song, wrote a film on the back of that song, included that song, and it obviously then pushed it and it got to number 18. And as mm. I said, it also charted well in America. Mm. That's why I asked about that re-release, because I'm guessing that would have charted. But I'm shocked about Love My Way. Quite shocked about that. How many albums did they have in the 80s? Uh, six. Six in the 80s, so seven albums in total, six in the 80s. And then they had another album in 2020, which was their eighth. Their eighth, yeah. And yet they only had three, but technically one single and a re-release in the top 40. That's mad. Yeah. That's mad. They're, well, okay, I'm a bit shocked, to be honest. Yet, uh, Private Investigations got to number two. 
That's baffles how it works. me. That's Absolutely how it works. baffles me. No, what do you mean that's how it works? Like, no, these are better than that. Their other album outside of the 80s was in 1991, World Outside, which was in, which would have been just before. So that was probably, I don't know how it done, but obviously they um, split up just after, mm. would have been after yeah. that album. Um, so I'm guessing it, it didn't do that well. Maybe it didn't do um, that, yeah. Uh, it got to number 68. Oh, so not too great. So, no. Regarding um, Pretty in Pink, it got to number 41 on the Billboard chart. So just outside the top 40 as it is in here, but obviously it's a bigger thing over there. With is, you at the yeah, because they're top 100, aren't they? Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, that's not bad. So that was Psychedelic Furs. So quickly moving on to Electronic. Yeah. So these must be the ones that don't fit in because I was expecting electronic considering the name. And I also put sound similar to psychedelic furs. So that now makes sense to do with Love My Way. That's why. And it was more around the two songs, Love My Way and Getting Away With It. A lot of people say it's a copy. Feels feel like getting away with it sounds like love my way. I wrote yes, that because yes, yes. listening to them one after the other, I thought I was replaying it like a exactly. it on repeat by accident. That's why I put them together. And then they like literally the beginning is like uh, it's like it's got a yeah. transition. It literally, or could be yeah. Uh, although I've checked, there is no writing credits being given to psychedelic first, so the butlers on getting away with it. Mm. And getting away with it actually charted a hell of a lot better than Love My Way. So was there any, like, feud about it? No one no, said anything? No recognition about... No, 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 nothing Weird. at all. Was it released around the same time? No, that's what I'm saying. Electronic. Oh, yeah, you it said they really I said yeah. that. Was the reason I've brought it forward is to give you the look, which I'm glad you've noticed, yeah. between the two. They Very sound similar. similar. And those two songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. because I then played them one after another... Yeah, and which like, is why I done I that. Which is notes. why I moved it. Mm. As I said, that love by my way was eighty two, not eighty four. Yeah, yeah. When I was doing my notes, I was like, "That's oh, so why I have to listen to this song." Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I knew that I was on to the next one because when I do my notes, I really yeah. focus on what songs with what artists to write my notes and whatnot, and what I'm thinking as I'm listening. So when I then went to electronic, I was like, "Hang on a minute, what's this?" But yeah, so I enjoyed it. The, they've got a bit of a more chilled sounds than psychedelic first. Like after you get get away with it, get um get the message and disappointed. It's a bit more chill. Sure. Um, so well, they've got actually, that. You might be shocked. They're a, they're a synth pop. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I watched like two video two videos. No, I watched one video. They didn't have any other videos apart from getting away with it. Mm-hmm. The other two, all I could find was like just having the album art and I listened to the song yeah. and I was like, well, this is pointless because you're not a video and I've heard the song. Like I couldn't find any live, nothing. Yeah. Well, there um, might be a reason but for that. In their, oh, okay. But in their um, video for getting away with it, they like had like graphics. And I was like, oh, they've definitely got to be some kind of like electronic yeah. synth type of thing. I don't really know the difference between electronic and synth. Not going to lie. I would say it's the same, to be honest. Right, okay, that's fine then. So, Electronic are a supergroup. They are made up of Bernard Sumner, singer-guitar from New Order, and Johnny Marr on guitar from The Smiths. However, they have also worked with The Pet Shop Boys on three songs, 
of which Neil Tennant even guested and co-wrote Getting Away With It. Oh. And they worked with Cole Bartos of Craftwork on nine songs in 1995 on their second album. Right. And Primal Scream vocalist Denise Johnson provided vocals on a number of songs on their second albums, Raise the Pressure, as well as Get the Message from their first album, Electronic. Oh, so they, their, first, okay. their first album was Electronic. Their second album was Raise the Pressure. Their first album, they worked with Neil Tennant and their se- or Pet Shop Boys. And their second album, yeah. they worked with Carl Bartos from Craftwork. And they oh, were, okay. as I say, Bernard Sumner from New Order and Johnny Marr from, Guitar- uh, from the Smiths. By working with them, you mean like Co-wrote they the music helped and wrote you. And, and as I say, yeah, even yeah, yeah. But they did Tennant do a feature even, on it. Um, well, Neil Tennant sang or guested yeah. on Getting Away With It. And this right. Denise Johnson actually sang on, on several songs on the second album. And she right. they actually first worked on Get the Message, which was on the first album. So yeah. Okay. 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 So they did have, but there's only two of them. So I guess yeah. it's adding that bit more to it. Yeah. Uh, they were formed in 1988 or got together, I suppose, in Manchester. They're a synth pop, but also dance rock, alternative rock, hence putting them in here. Uh, hence why, um, yeah. And also hence why they probably sound a bit like psychedelic first. Yeah, yeah. Is the main reason. There so as I put in there now, so electronic, uh, so their song, Getting Away With It, sounds very similar in part to the psychedelic first Love My Way, especially when mm. Neil Tennant sings All My Life, because that sounds like yeah. Love My Way. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, it is so similar. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, like especially like, oh, it would be like. Well, it might be because "Love My Way" wasn't such a big song that there was no, you know, obviously, like maybe no one never did made a big fuss of it. But people, it has been noticed, and it's good that you noticed it. I've noticed it, you know, and other people have noticed it. Mm. But we're talking about a song from 1982 and then another song completely different. From way back. But way, has mm. got that little bit of sound in it in 1989. Yeah, there is that one little bit that does make it sound yeah. that bit different. And but it is that, it's so love similar. My way. And in the other yeah. in theirs, it's a, Neil Tennant sings All My Life. And then yeah. listen to them. And back it's like, to for back. goodness sake, what? Yeah. And I did yeah. many times. Yes. Thought it was thought I was yeah. losing my mind until yeah. then when I'm writing my note. <laughs> losing my I'm mind. Like... That's another song of um Pet Shop Boys that they released or they they gave to Lisa Stan uh, Lisa Minnelli, Liza Minnelli. Oh yeah. yeah. And then they <laughs> yeah, released I was it more losing upbeat. my mind. But also um they had a song so electronic gave this song to no, Pet Shop, Pet Shop Boys, Boys gave Gave right, Manelli okay. losing my mind. It's just you said I was losing right. my mind. But also yeah. the Pet Shop Boys sang with uh sang Where the Streets Have No Name, which was a song of U2's. Given to them, or they no, no, covered they, it. they covered it. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, moving on, we'll come to that when we turn Pet Shop Boys. Um, so Electronic released three albums, all in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And a best of in 2006. So if I was you, if you want to buy, just go out and buy that one album. Um, I don't buy albums, but okay. Um, they had two I top 10 singles to with 92's Disappointed being their highest hit, which didn't feature on their album, but was on the soundtrack for the film Cool World. 
um, which also included tracks from David Bowie, Thompson Twins, Brian Eno and Moby. Cool World was an animated film directed by Ralph Belshi and starred Kim Basinger and Brad Pitt. Um, as okay. voices, obviously, if it's animated. Yeah, yeah. It was released in 1992, but seen as a flop, as only grossed 14 million against a spent budget of 28 million. Oh, <laughs> so, oh yeah. dear. But it has since become a cult, evidently. So, yeah, so not much more to talk about Electronic. The reason I brought it in was just to show you that how similar they sounded to Psychedelic Furs. Um, so as I say, similar. They only had one hit in the 80s. It was 1989, Getting Away With It, number 12. Uh, 1991, Get the Message got to number eight. And in 1992, Disappointed got to number six. They're up so there, though. There we go. They're all top ten, aren't so, they? So, yeah. So, hit or miss? So, Dire Straits. Dire Straits. Miss. Okay. Not, not, I'm very shocked that you like them. Let's put it that way. You 2 was a hit. Really enjoyed them. Uh-huh. But I think you would be you, you would definitely disown me if I said miss for them. But yeah. no, really enjoyed them. Modern English. Modern English, miss. Yeah. And I suppose that you know, they're not a commercial hit, so yeah. yeah. And only the fact that like the only song you lit like wasn't even released here, so or didn't exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, not a fan. Okay. Psychedelic Fairs was a big hit with me yeah. really like I that I can see them being like the vapors big fan. and being a yeah they're listen. ones that I think I need to Find indulge in I think yeah. yeah but also the same with electronic they're a yeah. hit and I really enjoyed them too yeah because you obviously so, like that kind of music yeah yeah so I do think I'm a bit like you do like electronic and synth pop right yeah yeah so I do think I'm like you I do mm. think that's what I need mm. that's what I need in my life Okay. It's always yeah. them ones that, but you, I, to be fair, I was shocked. I am kind of shocked that I like you two, but then I guess there are other rock bands that I do like, but I think I'm more shocked that they are a rock yeah. because they don't sound as rock as previous artists. Okay. Well, I'm yeah, three to say, out of yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Um, however, unfortunately, you haven't got that kind of music next week. I have. Haven't. What? With the electronic and synth pop or the rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I was going to say because uh, you've said Sex Pistols, yeah. so they're a bit rocky, yeah. aren't they? Well, I don't know what you class them as. Be interesting when oh, I okay. look into them. Um, so next week, you've got the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You've got Public Image Limited, or P-I-L. Okay. You have got right. Slade. Oh, the Christmas people. Yeah, yeah, Noddy Holder. Yeah. You've got Star Sound. No. Nope. We have to spoke about them. And you have, have got we? Coast to Coast. Oh, I was like, I recognise that, but I think Westside TV. did an album called oh, Coast to Coast. There's also a TV programme called Coast to Coast on BBC Two, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think so, yeah, so that's, did an album. That's next week. See, there's not a lot of songs. So who have you spoken about before? I think, um, no, Star... Star Sound. Nah. We spoke about... When have you spoken about them? We, we spoke about them with Tight Fit, about the medleys. Oh, okay. Right, okay. So it weren't like it weren't like you two with a big no, fact no, no, thing no, or no, no. um something that no, would it was really around the middle my mind it was and the star sound were the first. And I should yeah. have put star sound in yes, the type fear at the yes. time, but I didn't know. But they're now they're now you say they were the first to do medleys. I I remember. Yeah, so they were week, like a this, big This week's has sort of yeah. been put together because I didn't originally have Slade. I didn't know they were still around in the eighties, but they, they have had quite a few hits. 
was going to say, oh, I wasn't wow. going to originally do Sex Pistols. They're from the 70s, but they did have yeah. a hit. Um, Public Image Limited is a is a follow-on from the Sex Pistols, which were an 80s. Right. And um, Coast to Coast, uh, um, a one-hit wonder. Oh, okay. Or two, I think they might have had two hits, but yeah, not... A couple hit. Yeah. So, yes. And disappear kind of thing. So... So yeah, all right. that is it. All right, so it should be an interesting week, maybe a mixture yeah. week. Yeah, because they're probably I'm not, not all similar. You'll like it, though, but we'll see. We'll find out next all week. Right. If I get we one, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be pleased. And never know, you you like status quo, you might like Slade. That might be the one I'm I'm clinging to, which is quite something that I'm I'm hoping that Noddy holds. I'm just interested, intrigued as to what Slade sounds like because obviously I only know the Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting to hear yeah. what their normal music yes. sounds like. When well, as not, I say, they were yeah. a 70s band, not an 80s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All, All right, then. Well, we'll that see. is it. Yeah. And um, we'll right. catch up next week. Yeah. All right, then, Dad. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And I'll Cheers. see you next week. Yeah. Bye, Dad. Bye.